Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. It's a Southridge member podcast. My name is Carrie Jones, and today we're actually turning the tables a little bit, and I'm going to put Jeff Lockyer on the hot spot and ask him a bunch of questions specifically about the state of Southridge. So welcome back, Jeff. Well, thank you. It's fun to not have to ask the questions. I'm just going <laughs> to point and click. Yeah, it's not fun. very often you're on, on this side of the conversation, no, right? This will be way easier. Oh, goodness. Okay, before we dive in, tell us how things are going in your world these days. Uh, well, I celebrated a birthday last week, so that that obviously gets you reflecting. I, mean, I don't think any of us imagined uh, being in the pandemic as deep as we are, but here we are. Um, you know, I've said before, and I would, I would continue to experience this in my own life. The, the, the greatest gift of the pandemic for, for me and for our family has been the gift of simplicity. Hmm. Uh, our lives, we've got three teenagers and our lives are probably at the apex of insanity mm-hmm. when it comes to like after school, after work, taxiing and, juggling of activities and events and mm-hmm. you know whether that's good or bad it, it it's it's come to a screeching halt again uh yep. during the the lockdown and the and the stay-at-home orders that we're in and so uh you know throughout the pandemic and especially lately we've tried to really leverage that so it's not just each of us quarantining you know in mm-hmm. our own rooms on our own devices or whatever but uh actually connecting and engaging as a family and and I'm confident at this point that looking back, that will be our greatest gift from this mm-hmm. pandemic experience is just the the family bonding, for lack of a better word, that yeah. uh, that the simplicity allowed. I wouldn't have otherwise chosen it, and mm-hmm. I probably should, and I should probably moving forward choose more of it, but uh, being forced into it, that that gift of simplicity has been has been great. The other thing I'd say, you know, related to the church is I I feel, I just feel like this last month, I mean, I could go back further than that, but I feel like this last month has been really significant for all of us. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just yesterday finishing the uh, month long reading of the Sermon on the Mount and everything related to the, the process, you know, starting with kind of me and God or us and God privately and and working out through those concentric circles of just the spiritual discipline of reflection, the reconsidering the life that God is inviting us into and giving ourselves a chance, you know, nine-ish, 10-ish months into the pandemic to kind of press refresh and say, okay, for for this year, um, Mm. you know, Things are things are going to look different, and and here are some commitments that that each of us can make. I know that in our life group conversations, uh, you know, with with various people in in staff and ministry environments that I talk with, uh, this has been a very significant month, and so I'm I'm feeling really good about that. Been significant for me, and I think as a church, it's uh-huh. been significant for us. Oh, that's awesome. As a church, I mean, obviously, the the most pressing issue that our church is facing right now is navigating this pandemic this many months in. And so I guess I'm curious, how are you feeling about how we're doing in that regard these days as a church? 
Yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, I am extraordinarily proud hmm. of how our community has navigated this. Um, and and I, I'm not sure what metrics I would use to, to say that. I mean, hmm. certainly I would start with our anger cause engagement and the, the idea that in our community, as far as it depended on us, I know there were some restrictions on how much we could volunteer and things like that. But, you know, first things first was keeping the essential services of our missions active. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that wasn't even a question. So I, I loved how our default wasn't, oh, are we going to pivot to online or in person? Or that wasn't even the main conversation. It was, it was, mm-hmm. you know, let's keep our anchor causes rocking. And yeah. I mean, in some cases we've seen not only amazing ministry, we've seen tremendous growth. I think most of all in, in, in Welland, oh, totally. you know, the pivot of our uh, harvest kitchen and collective kitchen into more of a, an adopt a house, you know, drop off food delivery program that's created a one-to-one uh, relational support. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were serving somewhere in the neighborhood of like in the mid thirties, worth of families. And now we're serving like 150, 160, something like this. So, I mean, just the capacity that, that your mission can grow Mm -hmm. in a pandemic is extraordinary. I mean, other metrics, we're we're just a month out of uh, financial year end, which is in my seat, obviously an anxious time every year, certainly (laughs) in a global pandemic, it probably was no more anxious, especially knowing how much of our annual revenue comes in the final month. And Uh to see more revenue come in in the month of December this past year than even in the previous year, even though we were in a pandemic. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's extraordinary the way that mm-hmm. our people have responded in what I would understand to be the, the main features of being a church together and following Jesus in a more and more fully devoted way together. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my bottom line. Uh, would be just, I'm, I'm proud of our community through all this. Wow, beautiful. So you mentioned some things that are, are real highlights. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that, but I'm also wondering, you know, what would your concerns be about how we're navigating things? Um, I mean, I, when I talk about what I'm, what I'm most pleased about, it probably has to do with our default settings. Yeah. Uh, that... It, when I look, you know, on social media or talk to other pastors, like the default setting of churches and church leaders and Christians everywhere, when the pandemic hit, was what happens to your Sunday gatherings? Mm-hmm. And we have become so repetitive and uncreative in the way that we say the church isn't a building, the church isn't an event. Like it's, sure. we don't have a Sunday centric, gathering centric paradigm. And I've loved the way that that's played out as our, as our default. Um, And so, you know, we've kind of navigated it in so many different ways without making the Sunday gathering, whether it's in person or online, the main thing. Mm. I I will say that the flip side, when you talk about the concerns, like how to navigate COVID, I think, especially at this point has become an increasingly divisive dynamic in our society and I would say at the very least that surprised me. Um, right. It was, it was, it was just over a year ago 
it was, I think it was on the 8th of January in 2020, where we as a community had a, a, a community-wide, like a town hall meeting with some of our, yeah, with some <laughs> of our denominational leaders. And right. that meeting uh, was all about kind of getting to the finish line of our LGBTQ inclusion policy that we yeah. not only navigated as a church across our locations, we'd navigated it together with our denomination, really an extraordinary thing. Uh-huh. And I, I've told some people privately that, and, and maybe this is to my shame, but I drove off the parking lot that day, believing that as a church leader, I had summited the Mount Everest of <laughs> disunity in the church, that there would never be a more polarizing issue. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and you know, what COVID is and how serious it is and how we should navigate it and forget whether we should be open or not. But even just underlying, like, should we trust leaders or not? I I mean, it just, and and I think that to a large degree, our, our community has been protected from that. And certainly God has grown some trusts and some love beyond belief capacities among us spiritually that I think has prepared us for this. But mm-hmm. uh, that's certainly, even in the context of Southridge, would be uh, one of my chief concerns as far as navigating COVID. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. And so in the middle right now of, of what we're in, the stay-at-home lockdown, what has been or, or what is your greatest focus given all things COVID? Well, I would say, in in theory, my greatest focus is seeing Jesus make the greatest difference in people. Practically, mm-hmm. I think my, and you can resonate with this in your world too, like our greatest focus is trying to enable God to do what only God can do with such limited opportunities and capacities for community. Yeah. I mean, the nature of the work of God, the, the person of Jesus mm-hmm. from what we celebrate at Christmas at his birth is about incarnation. Mm-hmm. Like the essence of God in Jesus is incarnational love and the incarnational life of God ushering in the realities of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. And it's so life on life. It's so real time, practical, tangible, experiential that like that just doesn't play on Zoom, it doesn't doesn't play right. online in cyber in virtual. <laughs> it, like it's it virtual is the opposite of incarnational, and yeah. so we can meet and strategize and brainstorm and do you know we can spend all kinds of time imagining. Hmm. At the end of the day, if you cannot connect life on life, it, it is tough and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I interviewed Keith Kyer in this format last week, and we talked briefly just about what it's like being a student pastor these days. And I mean, he's a relational monster. Student ministry is inherently relational, and he's struggling, admittedly, because yeah. uh, of the life-on-life uh, kind of barrier that that the lockdowns provide. So yeah, that's where it's toughest, I would say. Yeah, I track with that, especially having, you know, two teenagers and a young adult living at home with us. I I definitely track with that. Well, aside from the pandemic, um, you know, there are still other things going around, going on around our church these days. And so thinking about Southridge, what do you feel is most contributing to the life and health of our church these days? 
Well, to me, it would be our three-dimensional model. Mm -hmm. And I I don't mean that because a model is inherently the most significant thing a, a church can be about. But I feel like similar to what I shared personally about how I'm benefiting from the the, the value of simplicity, mm-hmm. our ministry model has provided us with some simplicity that in the pandemic can be leveraged. Right. We can foster a lifestyle of inspiration, even through our online service, through stimulating a practice-based faith and hopefully all of us engaged in the spiritual practice of reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7 for 28 or so days, you know, finishing yesterday, mm-hmm. um, we can still live as helpmates to one another, fostering that lifestyle of connection, mm-hmm. you know, even through Zoom, even through text and things like that. And uh, as I said earlier, we can still foster a lifestyle of action. And I feel like while there's a lot that we can't do, uh, we, we can still remain committed to the very bedrock basics of a lifestyle of full devotion. And I feel like those basics, in turn, are contributing the most to the life and health of our our spiritual vitality these days. Mm, that's great. So, what are you what are you most trying to improve these days? Um, I guess I have a couple questions. I'll throw them out, and you can maybe answer them in a, in a summarized kind of way. What are you trying to most help improve? What do you feel are our most pressing needs right now? And what are some of our greatest opportunities? Yeah, those are good questions. I, I most trying to improve our capacity to connect, even or especially in lockdown period. Sure. Um, I think our most pressing need right now is figuring out how to do that better, specifically with families. And I mean, now I'm speaking your language as family <laughs> ministry pastor. The, the, Absolutely. The, the added challenges, and you and I are almost we're almost past them. Although I know we've got challenges ourselves, but like I've got three teenagers, they're pretty independent. And when it comes to just the basics of, you know, doing school and uh, Becky and I working from home and things like that, like we're able to navigate fine, yeah. but, you know, creating spiritually stimulating environments for kids is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Providing community for teenagers that is spiritually stimulating, very difficult. Partnering with parents to raise the next generation, extremely difficult. And so, uh, I, I think that's probably the umbrella of our most pressing needs. I think our greatest opportunity right now is the way that we spiritually can be a family together mm-hmm. in order to try to navigate those challenges in a way that's better together as a church family than if we try to do on our own. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, knowing the purpose of the church is ultimately to reveal more of Jesus to the surrounding society you know, as we think about our world today, what sense are you getting of where our world is at right now? Uh, I mean, I, I I would love to have a different answer, Carrie, but I, I, I'm not sure the church is gaining ground these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, for, for some years, we've been plagued with this question. I mean, all the way back to when, when those of us were leading at Fairview Louth, mm-hmm. you know, we were growing numerically and all of the external metrics would have given us things that we could have bragged about with our pastor buddies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we read that book, it was called The Church of Irresistible Influence by Robert Lewis, where it asked, if your church suddenly disappeared, would anyone in the surrounding society even notice? Mm-hmm. And it, it caused us to, to contrast, like, 
how does the world actually see and experience us compared to how we think we're doing? Mm-hmm. And we had to face the fact that our world doesn't see our local church in, in all that great a light because they don't see us at all. And so <laughs> you know, one thing led to another and, and, you know, God's done some remarkable things among us and making us now front facing missional. Mm-hmm. And that's been extraordinary. And again, we find ourselves in that situation where, wow, God's making us into this, what we would, I believe, feel is this amazing, beautiful church. Mm-hmm. But again, if you if you extend that discipline that I think Robert Lewis' book challenges to ha- to extend the very first time, like you're only so good of, of a church as the surrounding society is seeing and experience more of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if the if the continuing metrics in our society are that the surrounding society. Uh, you know, feels that the church is increasingly hypocritical. It's increasingly judgmental. It's increasingly distrustful about the church, especially in things like the way it spends money. Well, you know, we're not winning. We're just not winning. We're not winning yet. We're not winning as much. And I mean, I realize we're talking in in Canada, but Mm. you know, when you, when you consider how much our faith and spirituality is affected and maybe even infected by, you know, U.S. Uh, American evangelicalism and some of the stereotypes of you know what the church is and who church people are and what it means to be a Christian. You yeah. know, we're still living in that. You know, Gandhi. I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I think our church is fabulous. It's phenomenal. I'm so proud of it. And yet, yeah. we've got work to do for the Niagara region and beyond to fully see and experience Jesus through us. Mm -hmm. So what has to happen in order for the church to rise and shine like never before? Well, I think we need to play to our strengths and love like no one can love, especially Mm -hmm. in a time like this that, that needs care like arguably never before. Families need care and support. Anxious kids need care and support. People who are losing jobs need care and support. People in grief who've lost loved ones need care and support like never before. And I think we can be, uh, even if it's virtual, remote, from a distance, we can be a care agent like never before. I think at the same time, you know, we can we can go on the offense. I think we can also play defense, you know, like never before, meaning stop doing things that cause us to lose ground. Yeah. And I think especially, you know, when it comes to the the divisive stuff I talked about earlier, you know, the way that we engage on social media, the way that we follow leaders, I mean, this is one that I could have a whole podcast about this. <laughs> societies, or at least parts or segments of our societies, just inherent distrust of leaders. Yeah. Um, or distrust of the government. Uh, hmm. I, I feel like, you know, we have the, the benefit of uh, having a close governmental partnership with the region of Niagara for our homeless shelter in St. Catharines. And I probably at the very beginning of that had a default towards distrust of the government that, oh, they're just fat cat bureaucrats and, you know, hmm. they want to grind the, the gears of bureaucracy slowly. But when I got into meeting some of these people and discovering why they work jobs that are a fraction of what they could 
earn in the corporate world, in the marketplace, right. uh, in order to be these civil servants. Uh, I just, you know, my, my attitude changed dramatically. And I have such an appreciation for pe- people who are willing to serve our society in these ways. And so almost instinctively now, I have a default towards trusting our government officials. So it, it, I don't think the church works well when our mm-hmm. default reaction is to distrust everyone whom God's put in place, as the scriptures teach, mm-hmm. uh, as our government officials. So things like mm-hmm. that, I think, we could, I think we could do better. Yeah, I like that. Not to mention, when we talk about being a church that loves, love, love always trusts. And so for that oh, to absolutely. be your default. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, so you, you, and I don't want to push this too hard, but, you know, a few weeks ago, we watched on U.S. news channels, you know, this mm. like societal revolt and this almost attack on the U.S. Capitol. And, you know, watching these horrifying images, I mean, it's shocking enough to watch and you're kind of glad that that isn't at least these days happening with that degree of uh, drastic nature in, in Canada. But the most shocking part of it for me is seeing the flags that say Jesus saves mm. in the midst of oh, all of yeah. And it's just like, you know, millions of people are watching these news channels right now and what they're seeing represented by oh. uh, representative of the name of Jesus is so divergent from what I understand to be the character and heart and, and legacy of the person of Jesus that it's just this continual struggle and challenge to close that gap. That's, mm-hmm. like you said, the, the ultimate purpose of the church is to incarnate, to manifest the life and love of Jesus. And we've got to face the fact that we still have a gap to close in that regard. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, well, I want to circle back to a message you gave just a few weeks back at the beginning of the month. Um the hitting refresh, hitting refresh message. And you focused on the, really the basics of the church and such a good message, such a timely message, so powerful. And I guess I'm wondering, what was it? Like, why did you feel like we needed such a remedial message as a community? Well, in January, I contributed two messages in our hitting refresh series, and they were both like bottom line you know, like you're speaking to someone in kindergarten, uh, <laughs> basic. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked first of all about refreshing how we follow Jesus and loving Jesus differently than we would love Santa. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to the church, uh, you know, camping out just on one simple verse and mining out some core ideas in that one simple verse from First Corinthians 12. I guess at the end of the day, Carrie, because the church continues to be so profusely misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And so if if the church and why it exists and who we are in it, uh, how we're to relate to it, that kind of thing, continues to be so profoundly misunderstood, I just thought, uh, how, how simply can I dumb this down? Not because we're right. dumb, but just to its basic irreducible so that we can hit the refresh button there. Uh-huh. And from your what from your experience, what does it ultimately take for people to to get it, to have that light bulb go on? Well, probably two things. One, practically, it just takes taking a step back and not just propagating the same things that you've always done hmm. to try to get different results. I mean, there is something about the traditions that we 
get ourselves in that I think lock us into mental models. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think the the thing, and I've seen this over the years, you and I've talked about this many times, not only in the years that you've been on staff, but even before that, when you served for almost a decade uh, on our board of elders, we said like the 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 aha moment that needs to happen. It's it's phrased best by Rick Warren's introduction in the the book, The Purpose Driven Life. He wrote it years ago. Mm-hmm. And the, the first sentence of that book says, it's not about you. It's not about you. And I feel like if a person, as they relate, not just to Jesus, but as they relate to the church, can start and stay and live there, that it yeah. is not about me. It's not about you. The church is the manifestation of Jesus for the world. It's the only organization that doesn't fundamentally exist for its members. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we can get there, we can get pretty far down the field. Such a good reminder about, about the vision for the church, especially as we kick off this new year. And so thinking about that, it's not about you, that others oriented, what does it mean to, you know, rise and shine and be, be the church like never before? What are some real steps that, that those of us here at Southridge can take to experience more of God's best for God's church and to be that, to be that light, to be that difference in Niagara? Again, this might sound simple, but it's it's been kind of the driver of conversations I've been having lately. The 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 language I would use is for people and everyone who's who's listening across our community, give us a full chance. Hmm. Give us a full chance, meaning engage fully in the life that we're inviting people into. You know, there are there are some of us that have never really bothered to track with any of the spiritual practices that our weekend services, whether they're in person or online, have sought to drive. We've never really given a practice-based faith a chance. Mm-hmm. We just show up on Sundays or we may or may not, you know, turn on the online service, but that's it. We've never really given the full experience a, a chance. Um, you know, we might be part of a life group, but you know, if we have, we might be engaging conditionally for what we can get out of it. We've never really given it a chance to fully be vulnerable, to fully <laughs> allow people to enter in and be helpmates to us or be to be helpmates to them. Similarly, so many of our, our people across our locations have never taken that step of participation in our anchor cause or beyond, have never taken that step beyond just the basic program into engaging in even one friendship that could make a difference. And I think about, I think it was a C.S. Lewis uh, quote that I heard a while back that said, you know, for many people, um, you know, Christianity hasn't been tried and experienced untrue. It's just been untried. Hmm. It's been unexperienced. That's the, the, the bottleneck for so many people. And I feel like as it relates to, a fully devoted faith in Christ through Southridge as a pastor. That's certainly what I'm daring people to engage in this year. Give mm-hmm. us a full chance. And as you hit the refresh button in your life with God, as it plays out in the people closest to you in your community and those people who could play the role of helpmate and in the way that you relate more broadly as a church family to our church, like fully participate in the life that we designed that God is inviting us into. Give us a chance. Give us a chance. That's good. 
Okay, well, as we look to the to the weeks and months ahead, how are you feeling about the upcoming AGM on February 21st this year? How is all of that feeling? Obviously, it's going to look different this year, but but walk us through that a bit. I have no idea. It's <laughs> We're pivoting. We're offering it online via Zoom. People mm-hmm. hate Zoom, so maybe they'll hate the AGM. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, we're going to do those very important things. We're going to provide you know, as a membership, that final accountability on the leaders that we appoint in that governance role as elders. And we're going to entrust that final authority to our community in the way that we spend money by approving our our operating budget. So we're going to do some serious things together and some significant things together. Uh, I just hope that people can track with the format that we're going to be restricted to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. How are you feeling about the um, the emerging availability of the vaccine? I mean, we're hearing a lot about that right now. How does that sit with you? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's the light at the end of the tunnel for all of us, including uh-huh. me, even even personally and as a family. I I, I want to go on a vacation, Carrie. Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> I, even. I, I I need the vitamin <laughs> D of the sun yeah. on my skin. Like it's uh-huh. February now, so. But uh, I hear, you know, yeah. seriously, I I. I so I'm super looking forward to it. I just hope it isn't a cause for additional division and polarization. Sure. Because that's my only concern. I think, oh man, I hope this doesn't create another mess, you know, in the in the months to come. Sure. Yep, that's fair. How are you feeling about the timeline for reopening our large group in-person weekend services? Well, yeah, I'm not sure on that one because it would be contingent on the availability of vaccine. So yeah. Uh, I know that there's been a slower rollout uh, than we may have assumed in the first weeks of uh, vaccine availability, at least here in Niagara. So, yeah, as a church, we've defaulted to a more cautious, more protective approach when it comes to our in-person gatherings. Uh, and I would imagine that would continue, especially as we wait for a vaccine to come out. But uh, I'm hoping, you know, if if the the promises or the predictions of all Canadians will be vaccinated by the fall, that mm-hmm. whatever happens before that, we can look forward to a September launch season like a regular September launch season. And so anything before that for me is a bonus. Anything over the summer would be a bonus. Mm-hmm. Let's look to launch strong in the fall and uh, just just keep that picture of savoring then the full gift that God's given us to each other. Oh, I cannot wait. That sounds amazing. Okay, so during the last lockdown, our our listeners will likely remember that, you know, while many of us were just trying to survive, you actually wrote a book. And so I just wanted to check in, you know, months and months later to find out where is that at? How's the book coming along? What What's the update? And what do we need to know about, about this book? <laughs> I, I continue. I continue to refer that to refer to that as a manuscript, Carrie. It's not a book yet because it hasn't okay. published. Um, right. the manuscript. I mean, yeah, it, it, originally it was a, it was, it was a, it was an experiment in the spiritual mm-hmm. practice of writing during the nine weeks that we did that series in the spring, remember, uh, yeah. working at our faith home edition and we were just going to experiment with spiritual practices. And so I wanted to do that. And out came this manuscript kind of archiving the story and the thinking that God's done, uh, for the last decades, uh, at Southridge. And I mean, it's got amazing response from 
uh, a small circle internally. It's got an even better response, I would say, from a small circle of advisors and even endorsements externally, church leaders mm-hmm. that we really uh, respect and are looking to. Um, it's gaining a lot less energy uh, in the world of publishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of a friend, uh, many of you know Tim Day as a friend and mentor to me, a friend of his uh, who now brokers uh, authors and prospective authors is kind of serving as, I guess you'd call him a, a literary agent for this. Okay. And uh, so far we've been striking out uh, less because people are into the work. They actually think that the story and the uh, the manuscript in, in many ways is quite profound, but it's a bunch of different uh, closed doors. For some, they don't, the, the publishing companies don't serve the church leader audience as much as this might be, you know, kind of oriented towards. Um, in other cases, it's a numbers game where, you know, publishing companies exist to make money. So uh, as a, a no platform, no social media profile, kind of no-namer from Canada. Um, Yeah, I mean, we've always prided ourselves in flying under the radar and sort of being the best-kept secret of a church. But being the best-kept secret isn't great when you're trying to uh, (laughs) broker a a relationship with a publishing company who, I mean, they deal in the economy of platform, and that's never really been our thing, and it's certainly personally never been my thing. So Mm. we'll see. My prayer has not been to even to get published because I know that the self-published option uh, could certainly be an option as well. My, my prayer has been that God would navigate this in the right timing and with the right fit. If a, if a publisher is in the cards, that it would be the right fit to steward this resource in the optimal way as God plans. So that's really all I'm praying for. And if people would uh, engage in praying that prayer with me, I would certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, any final encouragements or even challenges to our members when it comes to embracing God's vision for his church as we dive into, I mean, we're already you know a month in, but as we dive into the rest of 2021. Only gang to remember how deeply as a leadership, we love you. Um, how hard we're battling with you and for you and together as a community and how much we have appreciated your tenacity, your grace with us, uh, your patience as we've kind of fumbled along together in this way, uh, and to know, uh, you know, together as a family, how proud of you we are for tracking with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard of a couple of situations lately of people who have, for different reasons, either getting tested for COVID or through our relationship with the shelter or whatever have uh, interacted with people from public health. And even in those interactions, um, I've heard a number of situations where when people from public health, as an example, when they hear that these people are from Southridge, they know enough about how we're navigating COVID to thank them for the role that we're playing in being a contributor to serving our community by staying closed and hungering down. Mm. And so just know you know, in that ultimate purpose of revealing the character of Jesus to Niagara and around the world, that that God actually is doing that through us, even in uh, a global pandemic. And so your grace, your patience, your tenacity is appreciated. And God's got this and he's got us. And uh, 
we'll mm. navigate this together. Oh, that's fantastic, Jeff. Well, thanks everyone so much for joining us in this really important conversation. It's been absolutely beautiful to be together. Um, we'll see you next week as we continue to find our way together. So take care, everyone. Mm.